Now please take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. Remember God's word is holy, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who and if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. May the Lord bless the reading of His own word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Please be seated. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, it is written in the book of Isaiah that many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Father, we pray that you will teach us your ways and help us to walk according to your truth. Father, as the word of God leave this pulpit, may it not return void. May your word transform our lives. Lord, remove all distractions and may your Holy Spirit help us to focus upon your word and Lord speak your word into our hearts 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In life we encounter all kinds of people. Some are easy to get along with and some are not. Some can be very mean and some can be very nice. How do you deal with people who dislike you? How do you deal with people who hate you? And it may be easy to love your friends, but what about your enemies? These are the practical questions and we encounter these situations often. What does the scripture teach us? about these things. First, let us review what we learned in the previous passages. Luke has recorded for us in verses 20 through 23 the teachings of Christ concerning the characteristics of Christians and the pronouncement of his blessings upon them. And then in verses 24 through 26, Luke has recorded for us Christ's teachings on the characteristics of the unbelievers who reject God and His Word and Christ's pronouncements of woe and then. Today we will examine the, next, the text before us which is Luke chapter 6 verses 27 through 36. And in this text Christ teaches us, teaches us how to teaches us how Christians should live on this earth. How Christians should live on this earth. And Luke had purposefully selected Christ's teachings on an important topic, which is love your enemies love your enemies. So let me ask you this series of questions. What will be your response when people hate you? Will you regard them as your enemies and return hate to them? What will be your response when people perceive? Will you regard them as your enemies and in, and in return curse them? What will be your response when people abuse you, insult you, take advantage of you? Will you regard them as your enemies and in return abuse them? Generally people respond in these ways, don't they? Now, what is common among all these responses? Retaliation, revenge, because that is the nature of man. When somebody hates you, you hate them back. You take revenge on them. 
you retaliate. When somebody curses you, high chance that you will curse them back. When somebody abuses you, you find ways to abuse them back. Retaliation, revenge. How should Christians respond to their enemy? Look at verse 27. Love your enemies. That's what Christ teaches us. Love your enemies. And this is a hard thing to do. And notice Jesus gave this command to his disciples to love their enemies. And he said this emphatically and authoritatively. Look at verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. And of course, this also applies to us. And Jesus did not stop there. He teaches us how we can love our enemies. Loving our enemies involves actions. So let us look at the first heading. Loving enemies, verses 27 and 28. Let us look at the word love. The Greek word love used here is agape. Agape. And this is the kind highest kind of love. This love is not based on feelings, but it is based on actions. This is associated with sacrificial love. This kind of love does not naturally flow in us. So God has to work that kind of love in us. And to love our enemies, it must come from God. So what does it mean to love your enemies? Jesus tells us that loving our enemies involves three actions. And they are, number one, do good to your enemies. See, our natural human tendency is not to do good to our enemies who hate us. Look at verse 27. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. Love them. Do good to them. Help them in whatever you can. Now listen to the uh, words of the Apostle Paul found in Galatians chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. Listen. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all. In other words, Paul is exhorting Christians to do good 
not only to the Christians, but also to their enemies. So therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So do good to all people. People who love you and people who hate you. And one good example of doing good is found in Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25 verses 21 and 22. Listen. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will keep coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. So this is one example of doing good. When your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In other words, whatever he needs, assisting, helping. Second, action. Bless your enemies. That is what is found in uh, verse 28. Bless your enemies. Our natural human tendency is to bless those people who bless us. But if you look at verse 28, it says, bless those who curse you. We should bless those who curse us. So how can we bless them? How can we bless those who curse us? Let our words of gentleness Let us speak the words of gentleness when people are angry towards us. Let us bring words of grace and encouragement to them. Let us love our enemies by using kind words in our speech. In other words, we should not curse those people who curse us. We should bless them. The third action, pray for your enemies. We ought to pray for those who hate us, curse us, abuse us, and hurt us. Look at verse 28. And pray for those who spitefully use you. In other words, we need to pray for those people who abuse us or take advantage of us. And this is a hard thing to do, but a necessary thing to do, to pray for them. You know, by praying for them, a transformation will, will take place in us as we bring those people to the throne of grace. Just imagine, do you think it is easy to pray for people who abuse you? 
not easy. But if you can humble yourself and pray for that person to God, you will be surprised what transformation can take place in you first. We will learn to do good to them. We will learn how to bless them. And thus we ought to pray that our enemies will repent of their sins and receive salvation and desire to live a holy life unto the Lord. So we are exhorted here to pray for our enemies. Now we come to the second heading, which is no retaliation, no retaliation, verses 29 and 30. Look at verses 29 and 30. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tuning either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. What is Jesus teaching us here? For example, what does he mean by to him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. When someone slaps you on one cheek, does Jesus want you to turn your the other cheek to receive another slap? No. Jesus is not taking that. Jesus wants you to be willing to suffer humiliation for Christ's sake. I think Peter, the apostle Peter explains it well. Listen to this. First Peter chapter 2 verse, verse 23. The Apostle Peter is describing Christ. 1 Peter 2.23 Who, when he was reviled, okay, talking about Jesus, when Jesus was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. In other words, when Jesus was insulted, he did not insult the person who insulted him in his hand. When he suffered, he did not threaten those who were the cause for his suffering. But he committed himself to the one who judges righteously. That is God the Father. So Jesus does not want you to retaliate or take revenge, but he's teaching you to endure insults patiently with you. It's a hard teaching. Same thing, when someone takes your garment away, give the other one too. 
Do not argue or fight back. In general, when someone takes your goods away, do not try to get them back. And these things do not always happen today. But when these things happen, adopt the words of wisdom from Christ. The key thing to learn and practice is this. Do not retaliate. Do not fight them. Do not try to exercise your right. Do not take revenge. Now what happens when you retaliate or take revenge? Your action may lead to bitterness. You may later regret of your wrong, of your wrong action. Your wrong action may lead to more tensions, problems, etc. So, do not retaliate. However, these verses do not teach that you stay passive all the time and let people take advantage of you. No. Christ is teaching us not to fight over minor things which can be avoided and they may not be worthy to pursue. Don't waste time on such things. These verses teach us not to put away our pride. Sorry, these verses teach us to put away our pride and exercise patience and kindness. One way to avoid bitterness and disappointment is to have is to is to expect no return from people. Let me repeat this. One way to avoid bitterness and disappointment is to expect no return from people. What does that mean? Let me explain that to you in the third heading. No expectation in return. No expectation in return verses 31 through 34. Jesus teaches us to love our enemies, love our neighbors, show kindness to them. And the guiding principle can be this. Look at verse 30, 31. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do them likewise. In other words, if you want people to treat you well, then treat them well first. And this verse teaches us to take initiatives first. Don't wait for others to take the initiatives. You make the first move. For example, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. So you take the initiative first. However, in the next subsequent verses, Jesus teaches us to avoid something that we do all the time. Do not do good deeds expecting a return. Did you hear that? Do not do good deeds 
expecting a return. You may want to love only those people whom you think will show love to you in return. That's a natural human tendency. You may want to do good only to those whom you think will do good to you in return. You may want to lend money only to those whom you think will return. Now these are the practices of the sinners or the unbelievers. These are not the practices of saved Christians. And Christ asked, what benefit is that for is that to you? What credit is that to you? How are you being gracious? How are you being merciful? If you do things with expectation, then you are no different from the unbelievers. That's the point. So what is Christ teaching us here? He is teaching are something that is contrary to what the world teaches and practices. Love. We must love all people even though they may not appreciate our love or may even reject our love or may not. Love us. They may hate us. But we must continue to love them. What about doing good? We must do good to all people even though they may not do good in return to us. That's what Christ is teaching here. What about lending? We must lend money to all people even though they may not return. Of course. You may want to exercise wisdom in lending. You should be lending the amount of money that you are comfortable to forego. And I learned this from a friend a long time ago. When you have decided to lend money to someone, do not expect to receive it back. Okay? When you have decided to lend money to someone, do not expect to receive it back. If he returns, that is good. If he does not return, that is also okay. Because you are not to give with expectation. If you lend money to someone with expectation, you know what will happen? If he doesn't return you, you will be bitter over this thing. You will be bitter towards that person. So by not expecting a return, you avoid bitterness, disappointment, and maintain a good relationship with the borrower. Now why must we love our enemies and carry out all the above instructions in our Christian life? What are the motivations? So we come to the fourth heading, motivations, verses 35 through 36. Look at verse 35. 
But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. So the first motivation to love our enemy is reward. There is, there is a reward. So what is that reward? And the answer is found in verse 35. The reward is sons of the Most High. We will be called the children of God. And to be the sons of the Most High is a great privilege. To be the children of God is a great privilege. Are you the children of God? See, this reward, being children of God, cannot be us by our merit, but only given to us by grace. But what is the evidence that you are the children of God? The evidence is this. Your willingness to love your enemies. Your willingness to love your enemies. So how can you love your enemies on your own? You can't. Because it is the work of God. Now we come to the second motivation. The second motivation to love our enemies is the mercy of God. You see, in verse 35 we read, Our merciful God is kind to the unthankful and evil. Look at verse 35. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Our merciful God is not only kind to Christians, but also He is kind to the unbelievers. He is kind to the enemies of God. He is kind to the unthankful and evil people. One good example is this. This example proves the mercy of God. The mer His mercy towards the unthankful and evil. You know, God provides sunshine. Does He only provide for the righteous people, to the Christians? No. God provides sunshine to the Christians as well as the non-Christians. And God provides rain to the Christians as well as the non-Christians. So God provides sunshine and rain to all people because of his mercy. And so Jesus exhorts us to imitate God our Father. Look at verse 36. Therefore be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Therefore be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. So be merciful to all people including your enemies. So love your enemies, do good to them, bless them, and pray for them. So from this text, we examine four headings, loving enemies, 
no retaliation, no expectation in return, motivations. But let me say two things before we leave, leave this time. Number one, have you all heard of this name? Sabina Umbren. Sabina Umbren. Sabina was a Jewish Christian and she was the wife of the Romanian priest Richard Wombren. During the World War II, 1938 through 1944, Sabina's entire family was killed by the German soldiers. But then she risked her life to offer kindness to these same German soldiers who killed her entire family. She offered hospitality to them at her home. She showed love to her enemies. What was her motivation? What Christ has done for her? What Christ done for her on the cross? Sabina demonstrated her faith in Jesus Christ by forgiving the German soldier who killed her entire family. What a great testimony. Love your enemies. She demonstrated through her life. She likewise wishes also show love to our enemies. Second Christ. If you want to learn what it means to love your enemies, then look at Christ. Christ was struck, insulted, suffered in the hands of, the, of his enemies. He was despised and rejected. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet, he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53 verse 7. See, when Jesus was on the cross, while suffering great agony, because of the pain, because of the nails on his hands and on his feet. In the midst of his suffering, in the midst of his agony, what did he do on the cross? He prayed for his persecutors. And he prayed in this manner, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Luke chapter 23 verse 34. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Can you pray like this for your enemies? So let us look at Christ. Christ is full of compassion for people. He's full of mercy. So let us imitate Christ. Love our enemies. Let us pray for our enemies. 
of your salvation. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, for this text. Lord, this text is very hard to love our enemies. It is not easy. Therefore, we seek your help. Grant us grace and strength, Lord, to love our enemies. And help us to imitate Christ. Help us to be merciful. Help us to be compassionate to all those who are around us. Help us to imitate Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.